0: Hello? Hi, it's Keith.
1: Oh, howdy.
0: Been a couple of weeks? Yes, it has been. So as usual, i got some weird phone set up so you can hear me okay? Yep, I can. Man, it's weird too the way, I've probably said this before, but just the way I'm holding this phone, it's basically like the talking part of the phone is just by my throat, like it's not even by my mouth, but I guess it works, I guess you can hear it. I
1: thought you might be out at that that cottage.
0: Yeah, no, that was, uh, so that was last weekend, yeah, so it's been... Just from weird different timing stuff I guess it was I was doing the wrestling podcast With Jason and then I went out to this cottage And you were doing stuff during the week a lot too So yeah, a little tricky to uh, Sort out episodes of this Somebody uh, on Twitter was like Hey, where's the new episode? And I was like, man, I'm busy or whatever And his reply was like, too busy to call your mother? (laughs) So I was like, hey, she's too busy too Don't put it all on me
1: So how was the cottage?
0: It was pretty cool It was a, a... it's weird going to because uh, it's a lot like um like valerie's kind of cottage you know that we went to for uh thanksgiving a couple of years ago but uh but it's like the ontario version of that where you know it has running water and it has uh normal toilets and showers and stuff but it's just like little signs that say don't don't drink this water but you can still use it and uh yeah and just like no uh no gaps between towns like you know how in new brunswick if you leave a place then it's just woods till you get to the next place
1: yeah
0: where here it was like i mean it was a long drive it was like three hours but it was just civilization the whole way and even at this like cottage by a lake where we got the campfire and all this stuff there's a walmart you know 20 minutes away there's a liquor store down the street <laughs> like, So
1: where you, what, what lake was
0: it uh it was next to one called deer lake i think I don't know oh, what so it
1: wasn't it wasn't like one of the big lakes. Like
0: no. I think the place was called Huntsville, I think. I, I didn't really have a good sense of where we were though, so I'm not totally sure. But yeah, it was fun. It was actually it was almost kind of like a lot of work in a way, uh to just I don't know, man, just to hang out and drink for three days in a row. <laughs> it's kinda tough. So it had electricity and things,
1: like you didn't
0: Yeah, it wasn't really
1: copper like time you wouldn't be burning wood fires, but
0: uh well yeah i mean we no not in the house we did have like campfire like outside that you know just kind of sit around it and just do nothing just sit around the fire (laughs) watch it burn um yeah so and i thought it was pretty fun it was uh i mean the end it had i don't know It was funny too because it had like a tv and just all kinds of like just normal stuff it's basically just a house by a lake but uh but there were sort of rumblings from a couple of the people that you know girls in particular that had never really done that type of thing that are just like you know hey it's cool that i got to do it but I don't really want to rough it again. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, rough it? Like, I thought, I thought I was for sure thought at least an outhouse. But, yeah, yeah nothing like that.
1: So you haven't been to our camp since we haven't had the power on,
0: right? Uh, like, we've
1: got power out there, but we don't use the power.
0: Yeah, like, I, if I have, like, it's only been briefly. It hasn't been... I don't been.
1: think so. I, I don't think when you were here that, uh, I haven't, that like, we didn't go out.
0: I haven't stayed over or anything, right? Yeah.
1: Um. So we decided... It, oh, it was probably seven or eight years ago, maybe ten years ago now, we shut the power off for one winter because we always left it on. And then we said, well, what's the point of that? And, like, nobody's out there. So springtime came, and we said oh, we should hook it up again. And then we just didn't. And we didn't, and we didn't. So now we, like, we really rough it. If those girls weren't happy, they'd never survive in this place. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: we have a great big bucket that we now get up on the deck, but we had it on the... At the, on, on the ground for a long while. it, it collects rainwater. We use that rainwater to uh, flush the toilet. Uh, we bring water from home, because um, we're only there usually overnight anyway. And we just sit around and uh, we light candles and we've got a couple of kerosene lamps and we build fires and just sit around and drink, listen to the radio.
0: Yeah, I remember. it's kind
1: of cool. And you know what? We use the place more now than we ever did when it had power.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, like you really get away. It's one of those things, too, like even, I mean, when I was a kid, like it's still, just because it had power didn't, still it wasn't much going on there. Like that was still basically it. And it's just one of those things, like, I guess there's nothing you can do but wait for people to get older. Because as a kid, I was just like, man, like I want to be at home with the computer, like doing programming and dumb stuff. Whereas now, yeah, I'd be more than happy to just go hang out somewhere and, not do anything like that's been kind of my whole job or whatever that I gave myself this week is to try to read all the books that I've built up over the last year um, so I can just go donate them all before I go and uh, I've only got one left I'm like so close had <laughs> yeah, is it's nice to have like enforced inactivity like that like well now you just have to you, there's nothing else you can do type of thing
1: so what's the uh, what's your departure date
0: yeah, so it's going, I don't know, it's not as smooth as I would like it to be. So it's uh, Wednesday, so it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, Next Wednesday. Yeah, the 22nd. And so I was looking into the, um, the Airbnb thing where people, uh, you know, rent out their places. Because uh, there was one that was really cheap. It was like $16 a day, but that really is like literally just uh, sleeping on some guy's couch. And then there's some that are like, you know, mid-20s that are like see more like 20 25 26 bucks a day that are like an actual like my spare room type of situation so i got all signed up for this thing and then uh just the fucking bane of my adult existence they won't take they they need a credit card like a lot of sites now you can get away without credit cards you can use paypal and different stuff or even like direct deposits from bank accounts but not this it's a credit card thing And, yeah, like, I've never had a credit card. I even, like, deliberately went and tried to get a credit card when I moved back to Toronto last year, and, like, they just couldn't give me one. You know, it's funny, because people are, like, talking about how, like, these predatory credit cards, and, like, oh, they'll just give you a credit card and hope you run it up. But (laughs) at gunpoint, these people won't give me a credit card. (laughs) You know, like, and it's just, I mean, I guess it's understandable. It's, like, I don't have uh, proof of employment and that type of stuff. But, I mean, you can just look at my stupid bank account, and there's just been, like regular deposits, you know, that's like, you know, whiling away my future inheritance or whatever for years. Like the pattern is there. Like, just give me the fucking credit card because it is so hard to to do stuff in the world sometimes without a credit card. But then uh, Craig told me that Scotiabank has a thing now where you can get a debit card that acts like a Visa card. Like if you go to a website or whatever, you can just put it in with all the credit card information and it just comes straight out of your account. So I went to check on that, and I could get one of those. So I was like, all right, cool, I got one of these. But for this particular website, it doesn't work. So, ugh. (laughs)
1: Um, Could you, what if I signed up for it with my credit card?
0: Yeah, actually, I was thinking maybe uh, if you have a credit card around, maybe I'll just get the info and try it out and see if that works. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like, there's other stuff, like I can still just do the hostel thing, which costs about the same as this Airbnb thing, except it's, you know, it's a hostel, so it's a lot more um, rigid, where it's like, yeah, the check-in times, the check-out times, they sleep in, in a dorm sort of communal bunk bed thing.
1: Yeah, no, done that.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I'll do it if I have to, but I would prefer this other thing because it's the same price for, like, a, a way better sort of scenario. I'll
1: tell you what, I, I don't like giving my credit card information over your podcast, so I'll send you an email tomorrow. Well,
0: well I was thinking, uh, I mean, I, I'll obviously cut it out. <laughs> I mean, I won't put that information in because I actually think it's probably safer to do it over the phone, right? And I mean, Well, it doesn't it have a big uh,
1: a big credit limit on it anyway, so... And Neil usually runs it up every month, so I'm not that worried about whether you'd run it over because, uh, or, or run it up. Because there won't be that much left on it by the time he's done with it.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of curious too if it'll, like, if it'll work. I don't know, like, this website really had no, no particular backup information or anything. It's just like, nope, this credit card isn't going through, like, try something
1: else. Just a minute and I'll go get it, okay? Sure. Well, I don't seem to have it. I must have
0: left my wallet at work. Yeah, and then I figure, a uh, worst case scenario, I guess I could just do a hotel type thing. That's one thing I'm kind of hopeful for, at least, is, Because uh, even that, like, that's what led to my three days of homelessness back before in Vancouver was because I had your guys' credit card or dad's or somebody's, but since it wasn't under my name, it wouldn't work or whatever. So, I mean, at least I got this thing, like, I'm almost kind of curious to try that. Like, can I go get a hotel room now with this fake Visa card?
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: Yeah, they're just, so. Um, like, I guess it's all just for, like, if there were damages and stuff, like, you know, you can't just pay. Like, you need the line of credit so they could...
1: Yeah, that's what they want the card for, is uh, just in case you you cause some damage and you take off and they'll just fill it. They'll just ding the card
0: sure is frustrating, though. Like, I mean, I think I'm better off overall. Like, I know a lot of people my age that have, like, 30 grand in, like, debts for just random school that is not doing them any good right now and stuff. But it sure is sucky to just, man, just to be so, like, just fundamentally outside of society. It's like, I just want a basic thing. And, like, come on. Come so,
1: on. So, <laughs> even Capital One, did you try Capital One? They're always
0: saying this. Uh, no, I mean, I only did Scotiabank, that's all I just, but just went to talk to that dude Yeah, it was literally the best he could do for me was um, It was, like, what you would do, I guess, for, like, uh, you know, a brand new kid getting a credit card Is, like, have parents, like, co-sign for it And I was like, fine, good, let's do it But because you're not in this province, then it's a hole to do Because it has to be mailed and fucking What's that called when you get somebody to, like Co-sign Oversee, but that, like, to prove that you signed it you know? Like, beyond you, there needs to be a third party that confirms that it was you who signed. Like, a whole to-do. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like yeah, I'm
1: surprised that, that it's all that complicated. Because we've yeah. got an account at the Bank of Nova Scotia. you get an account at the Bank of Nova Scotia.
0: Well, I mean, I think all i got to do is just get a job and this will be fine. That's, that's what's so crazy about it is I could literally just get a job at a coffee shop. And I'm sure that would do. <laughs> you know, just like to show that there's a, a regular flow of cash that's not... I don't know if it's, like, more official. Yeah, it's really ridiculous, though. I mean, yeah, it's been 10 years of this shit. Just give me a fucking credit card, you dickheads. (laughs) It's really frustrating. I don't know. I guess it's weird, too. It's like uh, this is this extra dramatized version of the situation. But it's just, it's always weird to move, right? It's like, well, I'm casting aside all of this and going to try something else. And, uh, oh, but don't forget, also, you know, you're not part of society, so good luck. (laughs) You know, so it's demoralizing. It's like, oh, man. Anyway.
1: Listen, I know where your father keeps his wallet. You hold on, I'll okay. go get it. I know where the card is.
0: All right. Thank his you. card. We'll
1: use we'll use his because it's the same as mine. It's all it's all the same account. Just a second. All right.
0: Okay. So yeah, and I'll give that a go, and hopefully that works.
1: I'll be sure to take that out of your podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Uh, Of course. Alright, right, cool. Thank you.
1: Well, it's worth a try.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess worse things, you know, if worse comes to worse, if I do, I mean, I I really, well, I don't know, I guess, like, I don't intend to do a hotel thing, because even the cheaper hotels are, like, at least double that, you know, it's pretty expensive, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know, I should probably be able to find an actual apartment or a room or whatever before too long. I'm sure it's something will work out, but yeah, it really did. Load, like dealing with all this, this stuff. Like I don't know. I guess there's like a point where I'm just—it's uh, just so frustrating to try to deal with all this crap that I'm just like I start thinking again of like, like, do I need a place that bad? <laughs> like if I did, just sleep on a park bench, like. Like, just like, fuck you, world, you know? Like, stop fucking me around. I don't need you, but I kind of do. <laughs> you know, like, that really that really would be the last. Well,
1: it's not like you don't have money, you know? I you know, that's what's so money.
0: frustrating about it. Same thing with, uh, like, I mean, you know, 10 years ago when the same thing happened and I did the three days of homelessness. Like, yeah, money coming out of my ass. It doesn't matter, though. They don't care. Like, yeah, it's all about... um it's really just a job. I mean, it's all just like, get a job. They're just like, they cannot fucking fathom how, like, you can't have a job. Yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it's like that kind of just super institutionalism is, like, what's annoying. It's like, can't we, I don't know, can't you just talk to me for half an hour and go like, okay, he's fine. <laughs> you know, like, it literally just, like, the individual just doesn't matter at all. Yeah, it's no, just, You gotta
1: have a resume. Whether you were any good at anything you did, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to show that. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is stupid. It's so we're so society bound.
0: <laughs> I got in kind of a, a little. Uh, I took, I drove back from this cottage with uh, Matt and his girlfriend, and got in like a minor little argument with her about. Um, because Matt had this job back in the day where he was a facer or a can-turner, a can turner basically, but they call it facing, where you go in after the grocery store's closed and, like, you're stocking the shelves. But his, his job wasn't even to stock shelves. It was to turn all the products so that the labels face forward. And he did it for one day, and he quit. And the reason this came up is this guy, Raul, that was at the cottage with us, he's, like, young. He's, like, 22. He just quit that job. Like, he had that same job. So we were talking about it. I was like, man, you remember that horrible job you had Well, Raul used to do that? And his girlfriend was like, kind of taking the tack of like, well shouldn't you be, shouldn't we be glad that we live in a society where that could be a job? Where like, you can get paid to turn cans and I was just thinking, like, for, to me, it was like, like, that's the kind of thing that makes you turn cans for a living, <laughs> you know? Like, it's, and what do
1: you put? What do you put in that little box on Revenue Canada? Can turn.
0: Yeah, facer. That's what they call it. You're a facer.
1: A facer.
0: Yeah, because you're facing. Who the heck the would
1: even products. know what that is?
0: Well, exactly. I think it's like maybe to try to maintain a little dignity or to trick you into thinking it's a it's a real job. It's like how at Subway, you're not a sandwich maker, you're a sandwich artist or just <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it,
1: it's like the old you're the homemaker. But you're the domestic
0: engineer. You know, yeah. Come on. <laughs> and to me, though, yeah, like turning a can, it really is the worst because even that idea that, like, oh, but, you know, we live in the society where you can turn a can. But if we were in some agricultural society, just by default, anything else that like anything that you did would at least be useful or valuable to someone turning a can is just like why don't you just shoot yourself in the face <laughs> like,
1: yeah <So> what <laughs> isn't the guy that's stocking the can turn them the turn them the right way anyway yeah like, do it <laughs> right buddy or don't do it at all you're stocking the shelf
0: apparently uh japan is huge on that type of thing just to keep their unemployment numbers low like there's so many redundant jobs Like, uh, the example I read was if you go to a hotel, I think it's less like this now that they're in a little bit of a recession, but it was like you go to a hotel, there's the guy that opens the door, there's the dude that takes your bags over to the uh, desk to ring you in, a different guy who brings your bags to the elevator, an elevator guy, and then another bag guy at the top of the elevator, just so everybody will have a job. But yeah, it's all just like, Jesus. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know, like, that's where it's like, like, you're basically just giving them money for a useless thing, so just give them the money then. Like, I don't know. Like, don't make them show up and do this.
1: Oh, it's probably to make them feel needed and wanted and have some purpose in life. Yeah. Like, your purpose in life is get up and turn a can.
0: Yeah, like, I, that's the thing. I mean, I got a little bit of a bad habit, I guess, of uh, getting in uh, slightly too heated debates with people about stupid shit, but, like, I just I just couldn't smile and nod at the at the... That's a valid, valid career to turn a can. I mean, to me, almost every job is like, you know, a ridiculous dehumanizing prospect. Turning a can, it's just like, oh, oh my God. (laughs) It It offended me deep down.
1: Now I can see that, though being a job. Okay, let's say for somebody who is really mentally challenged.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Actually, I think I even said that <laughs> to her. Them,
1: yeah. You know. It, and 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 they do need some feel some need, but they don't really have the the ability to do anything that's too demanding. So right. yeah, get them to do something rote like that. Have some purpose in life. Pay them a pittance or whatever you're going to pay them, and they get out, they're in the world, and they meet people, and they've got a very important job, which is turning the labels. Like, wow. Okay. I, uh, yeah. That kind of thing, I'm not opposed to. Well, that's it's a good
0: idea. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing, too, where, yeah, like, I could see it, too, like, or maybe if, um, if they were real lax about that job, you know, but I'm sure you have to dress up in your stupid thing and do everything all official. Like, I, I used to think about that when I worked at the coffee shop in Vancouver, that, uh, that uh, I really hated cleaning the washrooms. Like, it just was, like, by far the worst part of the job, and we always fell behind on it, and we're dealing with food and stuff. We just shouldn't even be in those washrooms. It's just gross. So my idea was, like, what if a bunch of the neighborhood coffee shops all pitched in to get, like, uh, just like a little cleaning crew guy to who would just go from shop to shop throughout the day and just, just clean up the bathroom? But I would also like try to make that job appeal to the type of person that would want to do it like if you want to just wear a heavy metal t-shirt and listen to music and probably be stoned that's fine (laughs) you know like maybe that wouldn't be in the job description but i would kind of passively make it known that like don't worry about it like you're already doing the worst job in the world at least try to have some fun while you're doing this job that would be a better world i think little more construction going on. I guess this is going to be my last day recording from this building. Oh
1: my gosh, a little celebration. Leave some kind of a little memento on the wall. Nah, you'll never be back to
0: look at it anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always surprised though, like how uh, every time there's some place that I thought I would never be back to, I always end up back there. Like uh, with Vancouver, I went back like, you know, eight months later. Even my weird old neighborhood in New York, I got there by accident. It was awesome. Like, when I was there for the summer in like 2012, I had a bicycle and I was biking around and I b- biked so far that I ended up at my old apartment. It was like, cool. And then my tire broke and like popped, but I managed to get a subway and take it back. But yeah, I'm always surprised. Like, I'm sure I'll be back here sometime because I don't really mind this neighborhood. It's been a boring year, but uh, someday I'll be back in Toronto and I'll just uh, just come out here and walk around.
1: Yeah, well, it your crank.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's Because it's, I find uh, it's when
1: you go back to places, if you have any kind of nostalgia for them at all, it's never the same. And sometimes right. it's better not to go back.
0: Yeah, I guess I kind of, though, I kind of like to go back to sort of uh, dampen that nostalgia, just to remind yourself that it's just a place. It's like, yeah, it was no big deal. Yeah,
1: year. and that's what happens when you go back. You have a vision of, or a memory of what something was, and then you, you go there again, and it's like, yeah, I, this was it.
0: Well, I guess this was it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting too just uh so I'm looking up um apartment stuff in uh Vancouver and I figure I won't make a real effort to try to get a place until I'm actually there. But just looking it up like stuff I kind of forgot about or didn't realize like how the SkyTrain goes all the way out to the airport now. So uh like do you remember when you guys came uh where your hotel was? It's like Southwest Marine to the airport, but we
1: had to take a cab.
0: It's a street called Southwest Marine Drive. That's where I stayed too when I first got there. And now there's a, and it felt like the middle of nowhere. There's a, there's a SkyTrain stop there now. I'm like, holy crap. But yeah, there was basically, I saw one super cool apartment right on Commercial Drive, which is like my favorite street in Vancouver. That sounded super cool and it just seemed like the roommates were cool and the whole thing just seemed cool so I I pitched them uh, an email last night I was like hey I'm not getting there till next week but oh man this would be pretty cool I didn't hear back but (laughs) but I just figured if I see anything that looks like awesome I'm gonna throw my my hat in the ring but uh, but yeah basically there's not a lot of point until I'm actually there to meet people and and stuff
1: get 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 the lay of the land again and well we're having an anniversary party for Colin and Glenna this weekend
0: how long have they been married?
1: Fifty years.
0: Jesus Christ. Not bad. Pretty good run. <laughs>
1: Nobody ever thought when they tied the knot that they'd last, I'm sure.
0: How old were you when that happened? Because he's the... I
1: was 14.
0: So, yeah, because I was thinking if he's, he's the second oldest kid, right? Yeah. Let me guess. I'm going to guess that you are the sixth oldest kid.
1: I'm number five.
0: Damn, so close. I almost said that. I don't know, I'm just guessing, really, but... <laughs> so okay. I guess he's not...
1: That's number six.
0: So I guess Colin's not, like, a ton older than you, right? But, like, a bit?
1: Colin is um, eight years older than me.
0: Right. Yeah, that's not really too bad, considering how many kids are in between. Man, your poor mother. <laughs> Must have just been a long, long haul. Can't of just
1: imagine that.
0: So giving birth.
1: Anyway, Colin shows up. I remember this one. He uh, shows up to get... To, to get married, he was living in sin with Glenna up at the mountain. Although Glenna says they weren't doing anything, because right. her mother wouldn't let her. But anyway, um and she was young; she was 18. So anyway, Colin shows up at our house get get ready to go to the to the church, and Colin was like uh, he'd be like Elvis Presley in those days with the big hair, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean he kind of the big
1: hair that stand like it stood like about a foot above his head. Right, and he's got this necktie that has um. The only necktie he had, I guess, champagne uh, glass on the front with a girly coming out with the bubbles and everything. <laughs> right. So he wants to wear that. He's going to wear that to the wedding. My well, mom just wanted had a bird, of course. <laughs> She'd made arrangements somehow for them to get married in the Catholic Church. Don't know how she managed that because Colin was a lapsed Catholic, and Glenna wasn't a Catholic at all. But anyway, and I don't remember, maybe they didn't have a mass or anything, but anyhow. So Colin plans on showing up to the church with the big tall hair and the champagne girl coming out of the, his necktie. So Mum's freaking out. I oh, can't. And they had a little bit of an argument. Mum's rooting around the house trying to find a necktie that would have belonged to my father. So I've managed to get one. <laughs> so Colin's wearing the staid conservative necktie in the pictures. Champagne girl didn't make it.
0: How old? Yeah, I guess I never was really clear on like when your dad passed away. So that was, he was already passed away by the time you were like 14?
1: No, no, no. Oh, no, we were living in Marysville then.
0: Okay, yeah, I didn't think we had to so. Move but to just. Campobello
1: and, no, no, dad only died uh, when you were. You know, dad died in 1980, January 1984. So you would have been like four years old, five years
0: old. Yeah, I guess just the way you said, like, the necktie that would have belonged to your dad, it just sounds like, but yeah, I was like, I didn't think my timeline was that. Well, probably the only
1: other neckties that dad had would have been khaki ones from the, probably from World War II. (laughs) Right. You know, because they always wore neckties, or, you know, or brown, or brown or khaki, or something like that. Uh, But I think she she managed to root around and find a black one. Or dark blue, or...
0: What was the story then uh with the the original, your your eldest brother, like he just did was he already married and gone by then?
1: No, he didn't get married until after that. Uh that's uh that's Bill. Yeah, Bill was He was uh, always
0: just the mysterious guy who moved out west. Like I don't even yeah, know if I ever met him.
1: He uh you met him they they came back and visited here once when you guys were little kids. Right. Um he, uh, when he was about 25, he just decided that he was going to go west. Yeah. So I mean. he went out to uh, uh, Lynn Lake, Manitoba, worked in a, a he worked in a, like a managing office at, in the mine, or I think there's a mine at Lynn Lake, and then he, like uh, he, he, up to that point, he had he had worked in the Metropolitan Store, which was like a Zeller's, he was a stock boy, and um, he'd had a couple of odd little jobs, and but there really wasn't a heck of a lot happening. So he decided that he would go out there and he stayed. And he married uh, an Indian girl named Cecilia probably, oh, probably five or six years after Colin got married.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing is now that I've like moved around and stuff, it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But it seemed weird at the time, right? Where Well, I guess like, I mean, I guess probably your family is like a good, uh, like a microcosm. Of, of how things mostly go like most people stay like almost everybody is still in New Brunswick and somewhere in New Brunswick nobody went too far except this one guy
1: <laughs> <Just> Yeah, <laughs> took and off he, and he went like you know when long long before well most of us were still like young kids when he went um but mostly yeah like the other brothers the other three well colin colin well we lived in fredericton when colin left home he moved up to Pontiac, mount hope's been there for since then 50 years later he's still there right the boys went the other boys once we moved to campobello uh i was in high school then uh they still stayed there they're still there the girls all managed to hook up, most of the girls hooked up with men who lived in Charlotte County around St. Andrew's area. They're still there.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because like, with the other places, it's almost like uh, like planting seeds. Like It was a place where the family had lived somewhere previously, but you guys never lived in St. Andrew's, right, as a family?
1: No, no, we didn't. But then the only one who's really done, other than Bill, uh, done some traveling is Caroline, because she was out in... Uh, pocket wagon teaching school
0: right although she's back too right isn't she grandma nan now
1: no she came back to grandma nan then she's married some fella and they're out at uh oh, Port yeah.
0: right that's right so yeah i guess you're right so the oldest and the youngest that's weird
1: <laughs> yeah it's is weird means. isn't it <laughs> and the rest of them just kind of stayed around i mean look where i ended up i'm in Fredericton, which is where i spent most of my youth right i only lived on campobello for two years and then i came back here and i'm still here
0: how did uh, and it, uh, but did did Dad end up in Fredericton just for school? Like, did he just go yes. straight from Quebec to
1: he, U.N.B.? He came, well, he he would he'd been in Ottawa right. in high school because uh, his parents felt that the school system in Gas Bay was not that hot. Yeah,
0: they're probably um, right he was about, about that. About
1: thirteen or fourteen, he was sent off to high school in in Ottawa. And then he came to St. Thomas University because his father had gone to St. Thomas University when it was in Chatham. But now it was in Fredericton, of course, when Neil uh, went. But I think that's the reason why Neil went to, to St. Thomas because his father was a real athlete. We've got pictures of him. He was on whatever whatever teams they had. He was on them, on the hockey, on the basketball, on the whatever. So Neil uh, came to Fredericton and. I don't know, probably might have stayed here, but probably wouldn't have if he hadn't met up with me. Right. I but think that had a whole lot to do with why he stayed here.
0: Man, did I uh, mention to you that... Uh, I don't know where it... It's just from some photo album or something. I made, I made a scan of it, but there's this one picture of Dad and his dad that is, like, my favorite picture ever. It must be from, like, the mid-'70s, and it's just the two of them sitting on a porch, and... Uh, so my dad, you know, is like, he's just sort of staring off one way, not really paying attention. And then the, you know, his dad is just kind of looking the other way. the other way? Yeah. And they're just like sitting there like, <laughs> I don't know, like I'm getting, I'm just an old man and you're some weird hippie and I don't, I don't know. We don't care what the other one's up to. <laughs> I just feel like that's like the perfect like son and father picture.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's probably, that's well said. That's, that's, that's what it was like.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, I have a picture of you as a little boy, a uh, little tiny boy. You're in our backyard, and you've got a little blue hat on a little with a little peak on it and a little red jacket, and you're kind of walking with your hands behind your back, and it, it's amazing, the people, not so much Neil's side of the family, but the people on my side of the family who've looked, who looked looked at that picture and said, oh, my God, that looks just like Neil's father. Huh. And you're probably about, I don't know, two years old, maybe. Right. But you're kind of like... like leaning forward as you're walking and yeah it looks just like Mr. McNally (laughs) just a baby
0: (laughs) yeah that's weird I mean I guess yeah like I I don't have a good sense even of what he looked like but I know there's definitely uh, a clear through line with uh, the voice I mean like every time I answered the phone at that house everybody always thought that I was my dad (laughs) you know that I was Neil and uh, I even kind of noticed it the other way too, where uh, I get—I th- noticed it a bit at this this cottage, just sitting around drinking. That after a bit of drinking, I get a little slurry. I'm like, oh man, I sound like my brother. <laughs> you know? So I either sound like my dad or my brother.
1: Well, there's definitely there must be innuendo or something that you pick up because the people that uh, I run into who know my sisters—and mm-hmm. is how you sound? Just like Valerie? or you—you you sound just like Denise? Or you sound... You and Liz, you sound so much alike, I can't tell the difference. And yeah, we don't live in that close proximity to each other. We don't see each other, you know, all that often. But there must be, there's something in our tone. i ran into somebody who knew mom when she said, you're just like a younger version of your mother. You sound just like her. Oh, good, well, mom's been dead for 10 years, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment.
0: Yeah, and I guess maybe though it's uh, maybe it's a similar thing too, where being around people like that, you pick up stuff from them. But but also that's why we don't think we sound like each other or whatever. <laughs> it's because we spend enough time with you know you spend enough time with your family that you you know all the little differences. But yeah, I guess to other people. Well, there
1: are probably things that you pick up when you're young, right. and they stay with you. It has to be because if you're as a grown-up, you very rarely see these people. And yet people say you sound like them, you have the same expressions, you have the same way of laughing. Um, It had to be something you picked up at a young age.
0: Yeah, it really is pretty remarkable, like, just the way people's uh, brains, you know, like, develop, the language centers, based on, like, what they hear. Like, the one that always blows my mind, I just cannot understand it, is... uh, how with Asian languages like Japanese like the reason they have a problem with L's and R's is because they don't have either sound like they have a third different sound that we don't have so they have a hard time you know differentiating in their minds like it just all sounds the same to them but When you make an L sound, like, you just can't make that sound without touching your tongue to the top of your mouth. You just can't.
1: Exactly.
0: So, like, it seems like it should be that easy. It's like, just touch your tongue to the top of your mouth and you'll make an L sound. But, like, they just, like, can't or won't or somehow doesn't work. And I just don't understand. Like, I would love to have, like, an internal camera to, like, watch their mouth. And be like, what is going on in there? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, what's wrong with your tongue? That it can't make that contact.
0: Yeah, it really is like mind over matter or something. It's like they just just doesn't happen, and I'm like, that's weird to me. But of course, then there's lots of weird sounds other languages have that we can't make either. Well, but yeah, that one doesn't see. Some of those seem...
1: African sounds that have that little clicky sound as they're talking along and little. In it.
0: Yeah, and even, like, rolling your R's or all the French with their all the time. <laughs> but, but but the L just doesn't, seem, just doesn't seem hard to me, but I guess it is if you don't know how to do it.
1: Well, you probably have to concentrate all the time, and that makes it... You're trying to speak the language, and then you're concentrating on making that connection.
0: Yeah, and I guess, too, like, uh, there's something, too, with, like, language centers in the brain where they are deaf to it, like they can't really hear the difference between doing it right and doing it wrong, so it's like a deaf person talking except only with certain sounds or whatever.
1: That must be why when you you hear people, like Chinese people, and, and there are English people trying to tell them to make like that L connection. And they and they're getting annoyed because they're saying I am, right. I am making it, <laughs> I am doing it. <laughs> you're thinking, no, you're not. You're not even close,
0: honey. Yeah, I heard that. That's uh, also why um, Americans always exaggerate our accent. Like, like, oh, Canadians—they always say "oot and a boot" when it's not even close to "oot and a boot." You know, it's like even "oat and a boat" is pushing it. It's really like it's more subtle than that. Out and about. But, but they can't really hear it. So like to them, they know it's wrong, but they can't hear it like what it actually is. Like, I don't but, know, it's just crazy.
1: But now to see that out and about, right. that is more of Eastern Canada flavor.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Ontario definitely has a bit of it too. Like there's a particular- they have a bit
1: of it, but it's not as, as ow, like as ow. Right. <laughs> They're more like an ooh, ooh. They're sort of between the ooh and the ow.
0: Yeah, there's, I read a, a webpage about it once, like a wiki article, like it's, there's a term for it and stuff. It's funny to hear like accents just broken down, like linguists, like they have words for all these things and like it's weird, it sort of demystifies it. Anyway, I guess I didn't really have a ton on my mind this particular week, except credit card woes and stuff, so I'm hoping that that all works out. Oh, you know, it's one thing though, that, uh when the airbnb didn't work i went and signed up for this other website and uh, it really is pretty awesome it's couchsurfing.com where you don't pay at all it's literally just free it's just people that want to host other people and i don't know that it's quite appropriate for. you told
1: me about that before and i thought geez, that's kind of weird
0: yeah it seems it right but it's actually like it's really cool like i it would i don't think i'm gonna try it out for this because i don't think it's quite appropriate for like you know i'm just moving to a place to try to get an apartment like i'm sure somebody would put me up but it really is more for visitors you know people that are just traveling from somewhere and they're going to be in vancouver for two weeks and they find people to stay with and yeah it's uh it's really cool just going through the site like there's tons of people all over the world that are set up for this and uh and it really is just sort of a reciprocity thing you know like they put up somebody so someone else will put them up but also just because it's like fun it's like some somebody from england comes and sleeps on your couch or in your spare room or whatever and you can show them around and they can tell you their stories about where they've been and like particularly if you're the right personality type that likes to just meet new people and whatever it's uh it's pretty cool and it really seemed like ironic to me that i was like banging my head against the wall to pay for something and i couldn't even pay for it where on this other website i could get the same thing for free (laughs) it's like way easier i just have to be willing to do it and i just the it seems socially weird like you know that's that's the line i'm not quite wanting to step over if i don't have to because it really is more for travelers that can't afford to stay and just uh, and want to spread spread the you know cultural stuff whereas i don't really have any culture to spread coming from toronto and having already lived in vancouver like i'm not i'm not a particularly valuable person in that sense but like if i went to like england or something it's like yeah i can tell you about canada i can tell you about new york i can tell you about all this dumb stuff just gotta sleep on your couch like it's really pretty neat
1: you must be though a certain like uh extrovert personality or something that, that, well, wants to meet people like that. Yeah. I'm more of an introvert. It's like, yeah, I don't care if I ever talk to you or not.
0: Yeah, that's another reason why I think I would yeah, like uh, trend away from this is is, yeah, like uh, because That is kind of the currency, and yeah, like, especially when I first get to Vancouver, I kind of don't want to do that. I want to just, like, have a place and look for an apartment and just, like, deal with all that and not...
1: Yeah, and get yourself kind of settled in without having, you know, somebody that always wants to talk or...
0: And I think I would also... Befriend you or... And I would also really want to try to set up uh, as many, like, just one day, like, one day with one person, one day with the next person. Like, it'd be a lot of work to set up, but just because you know it's just so easy to step on people's toes and to get on someone's nerves and you know it's their house and i would just be there for free <laughs> but but it's totally something i'm definitely gonna look into sometime for if i do travel around somewhere like i think that'd be that'd be really cool and everybody like has uh you know like like they're like peer reviewed and stuff so you know it, it, like if some guys got 50 reviews and they're all like hey awesome this guy was fun to hang out with like yeah it's just like well all right this is what he does is like his hobby basically like it doesn't seem like there's any danger or worry about it it's just a cool thing even like when i would see people with negative reviews i uh, was like oh well i gotta see what this is about and it would be still like just like there's this one guy who you know he, he put up like 50 people and they all had a great time and the two negative reviews were just like hey we showed up at this guy's house and he wasn't there And it's clearly just that he's such a, like, bon vivant. Like, he was out drinking or something, and he just didn't... You know, he, like, forgot about them or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you never know. You might meet just somebody who's just weird. Yeah. Who's putting out those feelers. Like, I just watched a... a, a, It was a murder show from... Oh, it's the most horrendous crimes in Britain or something like that. I think it was. Mm -hmm. This was in the early 1970s, and there's this guy odd duck who was always inviting these people to kind of move in with them. And they eventually would find him a little, like, in their face, annoying, you know. So they'd leave. So there's this one young guy that he um, he picked up in a bar one night. The kid was only 14. And uh, the kid came, without walking, and came into the bar to get warm into the pub. And the guy took him home and realized he was going to leave him. So here's this kid asleep and uh, this guy decides to uh, do him in so he does him in and then he kept the body you know he'd bring it out at night when he was at home and he'd sit him on the couch talk to him in the daytime he'd put him under the floorboards (laughs) Um, and then after that like then that body started to deteriorate so he took it out and cut it up he was a butcher by trade took it out in his backyard and, um, disposed of it that way and then after that just went around and picked up guys and did them in, uh, I don't know how many there were, 12, 15 or something at the end and he was, um, boiling their he was skinning them boiling their bodies and pouring the fat down the drain Right. and how they finally caught him is he had just moved away and, uh somebody in this apartment complex that he lived in was complaining because all their drains were backing up. (laughs) So when somebody came to check it out, they found here was all this coagulated fat in the drain. And of course they knew where he had moved, so they picked him up and got him. That was around 1975 or 76 that happened. And then you get, you know, guys like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that's only two. too. people was... to
1: move in with them and then chop them up, keep them in the fridge.
0: That's one thing that I think is nice, though, about all of this, like, couch-surfing type stuff or whatever, is, uh, is it does kind of... Uh like opens up the world in a sense to to sort of how it really is because yeah like you get like the news is always just telling you about the bad stuff that happened and there's these like horrible cases but you do have to really dig back you know it's like I mean like you're saying that was the 70s like like that kind of stuff doesn't really happen realistically so it's like uh like, yeah, it's a little weird maybe to just go hitchhike around or whatever, uh, you know, stand on someone's couch. But, but like the statistics are like just getting on a, a bus is like way more dangerous, <laughs> you know, like crossing oh, yeah. the street is about as dangerous. And it's like, yeah, yeah like you can't just live your life like this because like one guy was a maniac a long time ago type of thing. Uh, but there
1: uh, could be more that I just don't
0: know about (laughs) yeah oh I'm sure there's a ton I'm sure I I always wonder about that like how many serial killers and stuff just never got caught but uh but yeah that's a lot of the uh like I don't think I would do hitchhiking that seems like a step too far but with all this type of stuff um the the basic thing is just like whatever your gut instinct is if anything just seems a little off just don't do it and then you're fine (laughs) you know like none of these super murderers are so fucking suave and cool that you can't tell that there's something weird about them
1: I would think there yeah because this guy I mean when they travel when they track this guy yeah he was definitely like he didn't look weird but there was there was something yeah but then you know there are people who have no intuition about that at all right sometimes like you can you can just meet up with somebody for the first time and you just get this feeling about them that there's something about him. Yeah. You don't know what it is, but, and, and you're right. You follow your gut feeling, and you usually find out that your intuition was right. But there's other people who don't have that sense at all, not even close. And I can see them being taken advantage by somebody.
0: And that's one thing, uh, because I guess I don't know, we never really talked about that on this show, but uh, yeah, it seems like everybody has like an interest in like serial killer type murder stuff, right? Like it's not so unusual, but that does seem like something that's come up a fair number of times, knowing you as I have that, you know, you seem to have an interest, an interest in super murders and stuff but uh, I mean everybody does I guess I do too like one time I looked up uh, on Wikipedia if you ever want to just lose an evening the like list of like the top most successful serial killers by country like they just list them and man that's some fascinating shit (laughs) like that's just like wow but uh maybe that'd be a good way to finish this off is there's two little stories that always stuck in my mind of like the two sort of most interesting murderers that I came across on that list if you want to hear some murder stories
1: Okay, All sure. Right.
0: Okay. So the two that I thought were the most interesting, one of them was Canadian and one of them was Japanese. Well, which one do you want first? Oh,
1: give me the Canadian
0: one. Right, it's so not this that
1: guy on the bus, is it?
0: No, no, because that guy just was a crazy guy. He cut off one guy's head. And and that guy, I mean, I'm not a particularly patriotic person, but he was, like, a, a relatively new immigrant. He wasn't really Canadian. <laughs> I don't really count him.
1: Okay, but he did the act in Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay,
1: tell me the Canadian
0: one. Uh, so this, uh, the, I guess these were almost like, they were sort of clever, is why I liked them. Like, sort of, somebody put a little more thought into these weird murders. So this was, uh... In BC where you know, there's been historically like a huge problem with uh like just like prostitutes and street women and this stuff. Isn't a pen- it murders. Uh I don't know, was that the the one at the pig factory? The
1: farmer, pig farmer.
0: Yeah, no, this wasn't that one. But yeah, like that there's more than one, right? It's kinda of bad. Now what this guy would do is uh is he would, you know, find someone, a lot of, like, native women that uh, are, like, semi-homeless and, uh, you know, have substance abuse problems. He would, uh, like, find somebody who was drunk and take them to his, uh, his, like, little crappy room in his hotel or whatever. And just basically keep feeding them liquor till they passed out, and then just carefully keep feeding them liquor while they were passed out, so they not they wouldn't choke on it. They would just keep drinking it, and then they would die from alcohol poisoning. But there was no murder weapon. Like it took forever for them to catch this guy because cause there's nothing. It's like that that uh, it's like that weird little thought puzzle about like stabbing somebody with an icicle and then the icicle melts type of thing. Uh, so, I don't and, know.
1: Well, and, and because of the profession those people were in, they probably didn't really look for yeah, any causes it, either.
0: Yeah, apparently it took ages for anyone to even realize like that this was happening, and uh, it seems weird too. Like I always figure like if I was gonna murder somebody, like I want to smash their head in with a pipe, like I want to do it. <laughs> but but I guess that's how you get caught because like this just seems so passive, and it's like he barely kind of did anything. But I guess I mean I don't know if you're just trying to get away with killing people. Like there you go. uh, Yeah,
1: you wouldn't almost think there'd
0: be any thrill to it, would you? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a real pain in the ass. It's like the reverse version of, like, feeding somebody soup to make them better.
1: (laughs) And what did he... How did he dispose of the bodies?
0: He didn't. He just left them. And they're just like, oh, well, whatever. Like, you know, left the bodies wherever. Somewhere around. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: And then they're just like, oh, well, this person was just hanging out in an alley drinking, and then they just didn't. They just died.
1: Okay. What's the other
0: one? So the Japanese one, this was a more... Uh, modern thing, but this one was super fascinating to me, is uh, I guess there's, like, a lot of forums and websites and stuff in Japan, because, you know, they're so big on, uh, like, their society is so structured and strict, and uh, you know, uh, people are real big on not, you know, bringing shame to their families and stuff, and if they feel like they have, it's like, well, guess I better kill myself. I mean, it is the nation that Spawned, you know, suicide bombers and stuff. Like, they're crazy. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of people that are like, all right, I've shamed my family. Uh, I feel terrible. I'm going to kill myself. But I don't want to kill myself by myself. I want a suicide partner. So they'll, like, partner up with somebody else that wants to kill themselves, and they'll both go off and, like, you know, do, a, like, a double suicide together. So this guy would go on these websites and, like... Meet up with somebody who wants to kill themselves, and then he would just kill them. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, in a way, it's almost like he did them a favor or whatever. He just he did what they planned to do. He just didn't kill himself as well. And uh, and I guess it's a similar thing. Like it's just sort of this institutionalized suicides that are just like so common in Japan that it took ages for them to catch this guy too.
1: How did they catch him?
0: I don't remember the details anymore. Like yeah, because it was a while ago that I read this. But, uh, I mean, maybe it was like, uh, I'm vaguely remembering like, you know, suspiciousness of like, oh, well, this guy didn't hang himself. It looks like somebody strangled him. Like, that seems weird. What kind of suicide is that? (laughs) You know, that type of thing. (laughs) But I just really thought that was like super interesting. It's like... Like, it's, 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 almost, it's almost it's almost polite, right? It's like, uh, oh, I'm a Japanese murderer. I really want to murder somebody. But, you know, I don't want to murder somebody who wants to live. Like, I'll at least murder somebody who wants to be dead. <laughs> you know? yeah, so, those, so the two of those really stood out. Because everybody else, I mean, it's impressive sometimes how many people they killed. But it's the same old stupid shit. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just killed somebody and nobody noticed. And I did it ten more times and here we are. So I like that those two had a little more to them. <laughs>
1: Well, they're a little different, I have to
0: give, to give you that. Like, uh, there's this one Russian guy. I don't know what's up with this family and fucking serial killers, but this was a, a book the Dad was reading that he was telling me about. Anton Chekhov or something his name was, or something? And he killed a ludicrous amount of people in Russia, like 50 people. But it's just because uh, there was no art to it at all. He would just, like, find somebody near a... Uh, subway station and just uh, come up with some reason, like, hey, can you come into the woods for a second and help me with whatever stupid thing, and then kill them. And because the bureaucracy in Russia was so convoluted and bad, and they kind of didn't want to make themselves look bad for all these murders, like, basically the police would almost cover up for this guy. Or they would just like, oh, it's unsolvable, or, or this other guy that we already arrested, he did this, this, and this also. So this guy got away with this for decades, because because of the, just the institution around him, but he wasn't clever at all. Literally just took people into the woods and stabbed them. (laughs) It's like...
1: And that's usually how most of them are, you know? It's like, there's no thought behind it. Although you get some of those ones who do the arsenic poisoning. Right. And that takes a long, long, long time. Because I guess they're trying to get away with it. Right. There's a bunch of them who just kind of do it. I don't think they're trying to get away. They're just, uh, it's just a thrill of... Right, this
0: this time let's do it like man that was a. Uh, where did i hear this story it was somewhere fairly recently i don't know if it was a recent story or not a lot of these aren't you know because it is like yeah we got to dig into the past for all the horror stories but it was a. Uh, if i remember right it was some guy in the states who he like uh i think it was a hitchhiker story maybe that's where i heard this because i was looking up hitchhiker stuff and he like abducted these two teens like a boy and a girl and had them in his basement and was torturing them and stuff I think he killed the guy and he let the girl go, and then he pretty much immediately like hung himself, just because he was so disappointed. He's like, "I finally killed somebody," and like it was, it just sort of sucked and it was boring. (laughs) So he's like, "I got nothing else." That was my whole thing was I thought this would be fun. So yeah, it's just just a weird thing, dude. That's one thing being at this cottage. You know, it's like classic lake and the the camps and everything. So it made me think of those old Jason movies and what a miserable life jason must have had in the middle of the night like slogging through the lake and coming up into the cold you know the cold forest just so he can kill some camp counselors like not worth it seemed, seemed miserable
1: especially in the most of them were well some of them they're so screechy and stupid and everything you're like oh, god i'm glad they killed that person <laughs> <laughs> they were so annoying <laughs> and they were so stupid like the the people when you watch some of those movies that you know like they're hearing the noise let's go check that out
0: yeah and let's split up they always split up
1: yeah let's, yeah, let's split up um, let's go in that dark section right there let's go you know they're in a the lit area well let's go let's go check that out or they're they're running and the girl is screaming screaming okay well, you want the guy to know where you are let's scream again
0: yeah, I heard that was um, just kind of the whole initial inspiration for Buffy the Vampire Slayer was just how tired Joss Whedon was of just that because it just happens over and over, and he's like, "Man, can't this like blonde screaming chick just like fight back? Wouldn't that be a nice change?" And that's kind of the whole—it was just the whole sort of idea. So anyway, now that yeah we've rambled about serial killers and stuff, I don't know how to wrap this up. I guess I guess that's it. I guess <laughs> I guess next time I talk to you, I'll be in. British You'll Columbia, in the
1: West Coast.
0: and I hopefully we'll have uh, somewhere to lay my head, Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, I'll, if I, if I, I don't know, I guess we'll see, we'll see how together I've got things by next week, so I might not call, but I'll, like, keep you in touch, email and stuff.
1: Okay. Well, you have a safe trip.
0: So oh, things
1: will go quite smooth when you get out there.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll email you too, let you know about how this credit card thing works, see if that worked at all or not, but yeah and then i'm sure once i get there it should all come together pretty easy i reckon
1: and i guess i should probably tell your fa- tell your father that yeah i've given you his credit card number
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so it shouldn't be any major charges but i mean i'll let you know just but yeah to so you know what they are and stuff yeah, yeah it seems so when like... we get
1: the bill we're not saying oh my god what was that let's call the credit card guys and make a big deal out of it
0: yeah it seems like the the basic rate is uh it's like a little under it's less than 30 bucks a day which isn't a great deal you know but uh, but whatever for temporary stay it's still better than hotel prices and stuff so and yeah and hostels are about the same like even the cheap hostels are about the same and so yeah this Airbnb thing if it'll work it seems better because it's like just like a guy this one guy in particular like he seems to have He's just kind of converted his place, so he has like three or four rooms, and all the reviews are like, "Yep, no problem, it's cool. People stay there. The bathroom's gross, but whatever," <laughs> you know. And you get your own room, and just like you know, yeah, like I—that's the kind of the part I want to avoid the most is the, um, just that time schedule of of the hostel. Like if I got to go pass out at two in the afternoon, take a nap, like I wanna, I wanna be able to. Yeah,
1: you want to be able to have a place to do it.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things
1: that I always found, so bad about them. You couldn't sign in until a certain, like, 7 o'clock at night, and you had to be out by 7 o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, geez, what happens if you just get, like, insomnia or something? Too bad. Yeah. Too
1: bad. Go sleep in a park bench during the day.
0: And again, this whole thing, it's a a little different anyway, uh, because it's not like I'm in, like, London or something. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily looking to go meet up with a bunch of hostile people and, like, oh, cool, let's go have traveler adventures. Like, it's really not. (laughs) It's really, I really just want to get place to live
1: okay well I gotta sign off because the dog has locked himself in a room and he's scratching the door all apart I can hear him in there
0: cool alright so I'll talk to you next week or not or maybe two weeks
1: okay Okay. so safe trip and let me know what's happening
0: thank you very much okay okay nighty night
1: okay nighty night
0: bye